0: Well, it's going amazing so far, so um, I'm just going to ride the wave. Um, To start with, I'm going to ask you a question. Um, My title today is The Amazing Power of Prayer, and I'm going to be sharing about prayer and about how we pray. I'm going to try and be quick so we get a chance to actually pray. Um, I think that's a good idea. Um, But my question is, is there any life on this earth that God cannot save? Do you think there is? No, I don't think there is. I think if you think there is a life that God can't save, then your your view of God needs to be enlarged um, because your God's not big enough. Um, And I'd like, um, I have prepared her for this. Anne, would you mind coming up here just for a minute? We we have Anne Stevens in our life group. This is Anne. (laughs) Please smile at Anne. Uh, It's nerve-wracking up here and she's not accustomed to doing this. Um, Now, I'm just going to ask Anne a few questions about what she does. Because I think you need to know that there's no life that God can't save. And this lady's at the cutting edge. Okay? So first of all, Anne, can you just tell us briefly what you do?
1: Um, I write to and visit lots of prisoners in, in the US. Um, I write to 63 prisoners. At least 40 of those are on death row.
0: Okay. And I visit them there. Okay. And, and, and the next question, the obvious question is, um, why? Why do you do it? This is a tough one. Okay.
1: Well, um, I believe everyone, everyone has, a cha- has the right to a second chance with God. I believe everyone that is, um, you know, close to death or even got 100 years in a prison to look forward to needs to have something else in their life other than hopelessness. Yeah. Wow.
0: Yes. Isn't that incredible? Um, the reason I think we need to realise um, how important this is is because the more I've prayed about this in the last few days, the more I've realized how much this is on God's heart. Because um, these people are facing justice. You could say it's rough justice. But um, some of them may actually be innocent. Give that a, give that a moment to go through your head. Um, one of them was released recently, wasn't he? Yes. From 40 years, was 41 it? Years. 41 on years. On
1: solitary, but he died. Two days later. Don't,
0: two days later, yeah. They only let him go
1: because he had liver cancer and he yeah. would have embarrassed them if he'd have died yeah. in prison. Yeah.
0: So, you know, they're, they're not all guilty. A lot of them are um, guilty and they're there for good reason. Um, however, does that mean we should deny them salvation? No, I don't think so. Um, and I think um, it's, it's amazing what you do, Anne. I just want to pay tribute to you publicly. Um, and I would like today um, for people here, at least three people to commit to pray for what Anne does and for Anne. Um, every week, okay, Um, I'd like you to put your hand up if you wouldn't mind, just if you're prepared to do that and commit yourself, thank you, there's at least 10 there, 12, you know, guys, I will hold you to this, because um, these guys write to you, don't they, Anne, and and it's not always pleasant what they put in these letters, Um, you can imagine the type of people and what comes out, Um, so Anne has to um, carry this uh, on her own quite often. So I think as a church, you know, we owe her that. So so let's pray for her regularly. Well done, Anne. Bless you. (laughs) Thanks for that, Anne. That was brilliant. Um, Yeah, so um, if you're on the healing team this morning, I'm having trouble with this today, my head's too big. (laughs) If you're on the healing team this morning, um, who's on the healing team this morning? Just uh, give us a sign, yeah. So there's three of you this morning, and anyone else who wants to join in, um, could you start praying now, just for um, what God wants to do? We've already had a right hip and a right leg, there was a pain in the neck, made me laugh a little bit, but it's not serious, it's quite serious obviously, Um, a pain in the back of the neck, wasn't it? which we may have already prayed for. Um, but you guys, if you start praying now and asking God, what does he want to heal this morning? Who does he want to heal? Um, th- those on the prophetic team, is there a prophetic team? Paul's here. Um, and thanks, Ray. Uh, if you guys could start praying now, asking God, what do you want to do? What do you want to say? Because I'll give you a moment at the end to bring anything that God gives you. Okay. So, uh, so we're talking about prayer, and prayer is our lifeblood. Prayer, is, prayer is, is what goes round in our system as Christians. Without prayer, we might as well not bother, to be honest. It's our our lifeblood. I can't put it any other way. It's what gives us uh, an outlet to make changes in this world around us. And um, I'm going to tell you this morning why you should pray and how. Um, Although your best guide is the Bible itself, read it. Uh, If you haven't read the Bible, you're here this morning, you've never read it all the way through, I recommend you do that. You'll learn a lot um, and you'll pick up things. And more than anything, if you read the whole Bible, you get the whole picture. You don't just get bits. Because um, we, we throw out truth every week, um, and it's up to you to fill the gaps in. <laughs> okay? So your own personal walk with God is crucial. So why should we pray? Well, first of all, because we're commanded to. Um, Jesus said, when you pray, pray like this. Okay? So his assumption was that we would pray. It's essential. It's, it's one of the, if you like, it's number one on the list. Of what we should be doing, so it's an issue of life for that reason. Secondly, prayer changes things. I put this on Facebook earlier in the week; I had quite a response actually. Um, just testing the water. Um, prayer does change things, and we'll we'll hear from from Lucy later, uh, and from um, well, you, you know, you know that prayer changes things. We don't need to get people to line up up here and say how it changes things because you've seen it, and if you haven't seen it, get praying and see. Okay, it's amazing what God can do. Um, The evidence is standing in front of you. I was changed because my mum prayed. And uh, I won't go into detail, but um, basically I went to university um, on the edge, as it were. I could go either way. I was at a crossroads. And at the first day of university, I opened up a present my mum had given me. This this lady, um, she still prays for me every day. And I used to hear her praying for me, although she didn't know that. Um, I used to hear her crying, I used to hear her calling out to God for me in the other room, and I was a bit embarrassed as a teenager, it's a bit embarrassing, Here she goes again, but it had power, and you know what, I'm grateful now, Um, and yeah, the present was a a Bible, and she'd written in the front a few verses she wanted me to read, and they were transforming verses, commit your life to the Lord, basically, so I did, (laughs) so, (laughs) well done mum, so prayer changes things. And finally, um, I'll only make three points. There's many more than this. Because prayer is actually good for you. Okay, Scientists are doing research into this. um, In general, in prayer. Is prayer good for you? Does it make you live longer? Apparently it does. Um, It has a good effect on you and on everyone around you. So it's good for us. Recycle paper. (laughs) Don't do iPads. Not yet. Hopefully one day.
1: (laughs) Take a little collection at the end. I'm still on paper, look. look.
0: I know, it's sad, isn't it? Okay, so um, a lot of people, and and I would be included in this at times, um, pray for things and then nothing happens. And this is a problem because we don't see what God says. We don't necessarily hear what God says, although he may well answer. He does answer. He always answers. So people say, I prayed and nothing happened. And as I was preparing, God said to me, well, why did you stop then? And I thought, okay. I'll I'll take that from you. Um, (laughs) Because sometimes you pray for things and it just doesn't work out. You pray for someone to be healed and actually they, they pass away. And you think, well, why did that happen? And we don't know. Okay, I don't know why those things happen. But they do. That is the reality. But what I do know is that God still is love. And God does not mean to harm you when he makes a different decision to what you've asked for. Okay, So very often, people stop praying or even give up their faith altogether because they're discouraged by not seeing a result. Um, Lucy, could you pop up at this point? Um, i release my wife to you here because (laughs) she knows better than I do um, about this. So if I give you the other microphone...
1: Hi. There. <laughs> um, yeah, I just wanted to um, share a little bit of an experience from my own life um, about prayer. And uh, at the age of eight, um, I saw my mum hit by a car and um, saw a line in the road. And um, that's the last time I saw her. And uh, during the two weeks that she was in hospital, um, there was a lot of prayer going on. There was prayer vigils, all sorts of prayer, and you know God took us through a journey. And um, about 20 years later, um, I discovered from my auntie, who has been part of that prayer, that actually the night before mum actually died, she'd had a vision from God, and God just put his arm down, picked mum up, and took her up to heaven. Wow. And I didn't know that until 20 years later. Um, but for me, you know, why? Why at the age of eight did I lose my mum? You know, um, there was so much prayer going on at the time, and yet God's taken us as a family on a journey. He didn't leave us in that place. And the prayer that, and just the impact that I know, you know, my dad came to know Christ through that experience, and also myself and many other members of the family. And I know that God didn't leave us there, he took us, he lifted us up, and he carried us through. And that's, you know, we don't understand these things, there's a song this morning about blessed be the name of the Lord, there's pain in the offering, Um, but he asks us still to, to bless his name. So that's just one sort of little experience really of how, you know, we pray, we ask questions why, and yet through it, you know, God, God's there for us. And um, I just wanted to share another little bit as well, really. So 11 years ago. I was standing about down there <laughs> seeing, it felt like every Sunday one of my friends would come up on the stage and say, I'm pregnant! Yay! And everyone would clap and there was a deep pain in there. For a year or so um, I, desperate, we were desperate to have children. I hadn't had a cycle in a year. And I was like, God, what's going on? And Every time somebody else came up and said that they were pregnant, it was like somebody thumped me in the stomach, <laughs> and I went home and I was like, you know, God, where are you in this? And actually, again, God took us as a couple on a journey, and um, and eventually, you know, we were really blessed with the birth of Joseph. Um, again, we were then blessed with the birth of Lydia, and you know, we take these as such incredible blessings. And then, following that, there was a miscarriage, and then. I went to a hospital pregnant again for a scan, and we were told that there was no heartbeat on that baby and had to go into hospital and have it removed. And it's like in the midst of all of this, um, at the time I was having prayer ministry for healing from all the pain of the past and, you know, my mum. And I, re- I just got to this point where I was like, I don't want that to hold me back anymore. I want to go forward in what God's got for me. Yeah. And um, I had some prayer ministry, and I was actually having the prayer ministry at the time when I lost the baby. And um, I remember Dee and Polly, they rang me up and said, do you want to continue? Do you want to just leave it for a bit? And I was like, no, actually, let's just get this dealt with. <laughs> and so we met that night and prayed. And, um, you know, and I think what I wanted to say really from all this about prayer and answer prayer and, you know, and all this sort of thing is actually God takes us on a journey. He takes us to unexpected places And uh, sometimes we don't understand, you know, I've got a cousin at the moment who is desperate for a child and has basically been told pretty much medically there's no chance. You know, what do I do? Do I stop praying? You know, do we stop praying? You know, we don't know the answers, but actually in the midst of it, God, you know, God wants us to um, just to keep praying and to keep holding on for these things. Sometimes the answer isn't what we're expecting, um, but God knows. He knows what's going on. And it's, the thing that really struck me was our attitude along the journey. It's like, what do we do? Um, how do we respond to these situations? And um, there's a scripture that was really, really precious to me. And it says, um, this is Paul speaking from Philippians. It says, for I have learned to be content with whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do everything through him who gives me strength. I'm just aware of, like with prayer, some of us are going through really difficult situations. It might be that, you know, desperate for a child. It might be pain in terms of healing, it might be a family member that has been you know, lost to whatever it might be, somebody you've been praying for for years and years and years, and you're not seeing the answers, and it's like, God, what are you doing within the midst of it? And um, I was just reminded of a, um, a story, Derek Redmond in the Seoul Olympics, in the semi-final, 400 metres, and his hamstring went, and what happened was his dad came alongside him, picked him up, and carried him over the finish line. And I just felt as a body of people, sometimes it's too hard to pray for you as an individual. It's really, really difficult. And I know our family wouldn't have got to where we are today without people coming alongside us, putting arms around us, and actually taking us forward and helping us through that process. And we were on um, Wednesday night, wasn't it, Anne, and um, Anne started to share her heart about what's going on. And, you know, she broke down. You won't mind me saying that, will you? (laughs) Because she was in a real desperate place. And as a group, we were able to just put our arms around her and actually say, we're with this. You know, God understands the process. God understands the journey that we're taking. And through this, you know, we can pray together. We don't know the answers. (laughs) We know somebody that does have the answers. And it's our attitude and the way that we deal with the situation on the way that we're responsible for. But we can actually, you know, when you're, when you're desperate, <laughs> God can just put his arms around you and carry you. And at the end, when Steve wants to do this thing about prayer, I've got it really on my heart for anybody that has got those long, desperate prayers, you know, that you don't understand why. Why did that happen? Why am I going through this? And actually, that's what we're there for. We're there to support one another and to, to find the way through.
0: So, <laughs> yeah, wow, well done. <laughs> um, yeah, and what Lucy um, left out was after we had that disappointment, um, with no heartbeat and all the rest of it and what happened afterwards, um, we had little Toby who came along, who we've always said is our little icing on the cake, wasn't it? It's <laughs> just like God's blessing. Um, so God can do it. Don't let your faith fall apart. Okay, hold on. And it will come. So play, pray with Lucy later. I almost said play. But pray with Lucy. Um, and, and maybe we'll see a breakthrough. That would be really good, wouldn't it? Um, so you need to understand. Um, back to my notes. Um, you need to understand who God is when you pray. It's really important. Because God is. And I've just, I have just I went into um, all the names of God. There are so many I can't list them um, in the Bible. There, there's over 100 Um, So I picked out just Revelation. Okay, the last book in the Bible, what does Jesus get called in Revelation? This is the list, it's not too long. Um, He's called the firstborn from the dead, the highest of earthly kings, the Alpha and Omega. That means the, the A and the Z, if you like. Lord God, the Almighty, Son of Man, the First and the Last, the Living One, Son of God, Witness, also faithful witness, Creator, Lion of the tribe of Judah, Root of David, the Lamb, the Shepherd, Christ, which means anointed, faithful and true, Word of God, King of kings, Lord of lords. That's who you're praying to when you pray. Okay, It's not just going out there into the atmosphere and getting soaked up in all of you know, the air. It goes straight to the throne room of him. And he hears your prayers, every single one of them. He's able to hear every prayer that's being muttered at the moment across this planet. And he remembers them. Isn't that incredible? And he answers them. Sometimes he says yes, straight away. Sometimes he says no, because he knows better. And sometimes he says wait, because he's not ready yet. But in all these things, we've got to trust him. It's not simple. I mean, it is simple, but it's hard, okay? And this is not... Although prayer is really simple, you just talk, you just tell God how you're feeling, it is difficult in the sense that it can be difficult to get the words out. That's the hard part. So who does God say we are? Because that's also important. So we know who God is. He is sovereign over all. Um, (laughs) On Thursday night, I had the privilege of going with some of the blokes to see Superman, Man of Steel. It's a great film. Um, And there's a couple of lines in the film that stood out to us. We were sat there, weren't we? And he said um, there was a comment where Superman is kind of thinking about should he share his his powers with the world? And there's this comment, it's a great comment. Someone shouted out a comment to this. Um, He said, imagine what the world would react like if they knew there was someone with those kind of powers. And someone shouted out, it's Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) Was was it you, Dan? It was Dan, Yeah. (laughs) It was brilliant. It was one of those things where you just think, and there's comments in there, you know, that you just think, actually, we don't need Superman, we just need God. You know, he goes around saving people's lives and all the rest of it. Great, 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 great story. But in the absence of God, that would be great. But God's there, so why bother with him? Um, So, sorry, Superman. Um, So, God says we are. This is what God is 11 things. The Bible says, what God says that we are. So, first of all, you are made in God's image. These are all really significant, by the way. I could do a whole sermon on each one. So just take this in. Um, Second one, you were chosen before the world was made. You were created and equipped for good works. You were adopted into his family. You have the Holy Spirit living inside of you, if you're a Christian. You are no longer condemned. You are seated with Christ. You were knit together in your mother's womb. You are truly loved by God. You are secure in your relationship with him. And you are free in Christ. Free from everything that would hold you back. Now, you can choose to live in some of those or all of them. I choose to live in all of them. Because that way, prayers get answered. (laughs) In the Old Testament, I spoke about Daniel on uh, Wednesday night down at um, Connect. With the young people. And Daniel, um, studying that book, you realize what a man of prayer he was. Um, in the Old Testament, there are many examples of men and women of prayer. Daniel was a great one. Um, he started, well, he was exiled to Babylon at the age of 16 and didn't see any answers to his prayer until he was 82. They're not even sure if he did see the answer to his prayer. Did he die in captivity or what did, did he come back with them? Scholars are still working on that one but that's a long time to pray and he prayed faithfully three times a day even when they made it illegal and tried to execute him with lions and so on amazing story but then Jesus came on the scene I was doing um, a bit of uh, Bible reading with Joe the other night we do this every night we watch a little bit of Jelly Telly on the internet which does these uh, Bible verses it's all very American and nice and then they did a bit about um, the kingdom of God And it really got me, actually. It was a really simple explanation of the kingdom of God, so I'll just share it with you. Jesus went around healing people to demonstrate that he has authority over sickness and disease. And we're going to see that this morning. He fed thousands of people with a pat lunch, with leftovers, to demonstrate that he has the power to provide for everyone's needs and your needs. And he raised the dead to demonstrate that he even has power over death itself. Now, those are three key statements there. Okay, He has authority over your sickness and your disease. He has the power to provide for all your needs, if you ask. Sometimes even when you don't ask, he just does it because he's gracious. And he has power over death. He decides when you die. Isn't that incredible? Then after being executed on a wooden cross, a centurion, a senior soldier, confirmed he was dead and he was wrapped up and placed in a stone tomb. A rock was rolled across the entrance. Soldiers were posted to guard it at the request of the religious leaders. They were worried people would come and steal that body and make something of it. So they put soldiers there. There was going to be no chance that body was interfered with. Even so, Jesus rose from the dead, the stone was rolled away, the soldiers went to sleep and he was able to leave. And thousands of people saw him after that. Okay, Mary Magdalene met him in the garden. What an amazing story. Why would you not believe in him? Why would you not trust him with your whole life? Why would you put him back in the tomb? That's what doubting is. It's going, no, Jesus, I'm not comfortable with you being out of the tomb. Go back in. I'll keep you on the cross. We need to let him out. Why wouldn't you pray and ask him to help you? Why would you not want to help him spread his kingdom all over this planet? So how did Jesus describe the kingdom of God? This is great. This is in Mark 4, verse 30. Um, Jesus said, What shall we say the kingdom of God is like, or what parable shall we use to describe it? It is like a mustard seed, which is the, the smallest of all seeds on earth. Yet when planted, it grows and becomes the largest of all garden plants, with such big branches that the birds can perch in its shade. Again, I'm jumping around here because this is all relevant. The kingdom of God is like the tiniest seed that becomes a huge tree. And Jesus was saying, it's beginning, but it's not finished yet. And our job as Christians is to go around helping to grow that tree. Okay, We're, we're here to help that kingdom advance. So we can go around and we can help him. So bloom where you're planted. (laughs) Remember that one? (laughs) Bloom where you're planted. Go around increasing his kingdom. See what happens. Who else would go and speak to death row inmates about Jesus? About hope? About a future? Who else would give up their life to go and live in Uganda and work with street kids and orphans? Who else would help translate the Bible into obscure languages only a few hundred people speak? Who else would give up their evenings and weekends to go out on the streets helping drunks get home in Northampton and diffusing alcohol fueled fights, helping the police to do their job? It's Christians that do that. All those things are happening in this church. All those things are happening through people, most of whom are sat in here this morning. Are you praying for them? Or do you just like to hear the stories of the successes? Because people are praying for them. Are you part of it? <laughs> Challenging myself too. You could be praying for this. You could be sharing in it. Okay. You could actually be getting involved by praying and seeing the answers. So there's a challenge. Let's not just sit in our seats on a Sunday morning and go, oh, that's good. That's good, that's good. That was encouraging. I think I'll go home now. Let's get involved on a daily basis. Let's pray for people. Pray for Anne. Pray for the guys that are in there. Pray for their victims too. Okay? Get praying. Um, Paul, in Ephesians 618 to 20, um, brilliant chapter, brilliant book. He says, Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. And for me, that utterance may be given to me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that in it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. He was asking them to pray. He was asking the Ephesians to pray at all times for everyone and for him. Do you know what an ambassador's rights are? I heard an amazing talk on this from Joel Edwards once, the, um, the former head of the Evangelical Alliance. I was in a meeting where he spoke about ambassadors. He'd been at a meeting at Downing Street for ambassadors. He'd been invited. And it got him thinking about who ambassadors are and the responsibilities and the rights they have in a foreign country. Do you know the dictionary says they're a diplomatic official of the highest rank, appointed and accredited as representative in residence by one government or sovereign to another, usually for a specific length of time. You know, we're here because we're ambassadors for Jesus. We're of the highest rank. I find that inspiring because actually we're ambassadors ourselves. A diplomatic official heading his or her country's permanent mission. Mission. Mission to certain international organizations such as the United Nations well there we are folks we're we're ambassadors we are are given the purple robe we're given the golden ring and we're told walk in there okay and if you understand that and you accept it for yourself you become it okay and God will back you up he will never let you down so how should we pray got to move on quick Um, Jesus gave us a model in the Lord's Prayer which is in Luke 11 if you want to look at it um, you all know the Lord's Prayer. If you went to school in this country, you'll know that we used to repeat it. We used to recite it in assemblies. Our Father, who art in heaven. Our and as we got older, we'd get less and less vocal until it just became a kind of hum. <laughs> Amen. Well, actually, those words are incredibly powerful if you mean them. So check that one out. But I want to keep this really simple. I want to tell you to bless, don't curse. Okay. God's not interested in how you want to curse things. Okay, He's interested in how you want to bless people, how you want to bless things. So bless other people. Bless your communities. Bless organizations. And pray for change. Pray for change. If there's something you don't like, pray for it to change. Or pray for it to stop. That was something that... Um, Lucy's grandfather, Rich's dad, taught me. He said uh, there was something he wasn't happy about in his village. I'll never forget it. He said, I've prayed for it. I've said, change it or stop it. (laughs) And God did. (laughs) He had some wisdom there, some real wisdom. I was going to share with you a story. I'll just cut it really short about a guy called John Ramirez, an American um, who was brought up in a family that uh, worked for the other side, if you like, devil worshippers in America. He was brought up in this way. His father abused him. It's a long story. But basically, you can find his story on the internet, on YouTube. It's about half an hour long. His full testimony He's now an evangelist. And he goes around telling his story. One of the things the devil asked him to do when he was at the height of his powers um, was while he was asleep, he said to him, I want you to come out of your body and walk in the spirit realm around your community and I want you to spread evil. That was his job. And he said, you go out in the spirit realm, you walk around, and you get things to happen. Speak things over it. So he said, this is what I did. He said he would go out, even into other countries, in the spirit realm, and he would walk around in his sleep. He was in his bed, but he was out of his body. And he would try and pray for things to happen that were bad. And you know what he said? He said, sometimes I was walking around, and I'd find a group of people in the spirit realm with me, and they'd be holding hands praying. And he said, I couldn't touch that. He said, I couldn't touch that neighborhood. I couldn't touch that community. I just moved on. And that, that was the first thing that showed him that God was more powerful than who he was worshipping. Okay, Do you know what? Your prayers have power. Yes. And actually, if you agree in prayer on something, the devil can't touch it. Can't touch it. Can't take it from you. Pray for it. Have faith. You don't need to pray against demons. You don't need to take on authorities like that. Let God be God. Pray for his love to invade the darkness. Okay, God knows how to do that better than you do, believe it or not. Okay, He might actually have a better way than what you've thought of, of taking it all down. Probably at the root. (laughs) Not just what you see. So act out of grace, not judgment, and pray out of grace, not judgment. Who are we to judge anyone? So we pray for ourselves, We pray for others, uh, for healing, for help, for finances. Pray for communities. Pray for your hospitals, schools, prisons, the police force. Pray that they'll uncover crime right at its root. Pray for local and national government. Pray for international governing bodies like the United Nations. Pray for your queen. It's biblical. Pray for those that rule over you. Pray for the, the next head of state. Pray for peace. It's more powerful than praying against an army. Okay, Pray for peace to break out. And pray for, don't forget to pray for Israel. Israel is at the fulcrum of what happens in the world. You must have noticed, if you've watched the news, how significant that nation is. It's God's chosen people there, and he has a heart for it. So pray for Israel. I know Paul will agree with that one. (laughs) Paul goes to Israel and does that. Remember to be thankful Okay, whether your prayers are answered or not. God loves it because it demonstrates your trust and your level of faith. Okay, when you say thank you to God, I know you're gonna answer my prayer someday. Make it soon. He knows that you still trust him. He knows your heart. So give the glory to God when you see answers too. And when you don't, because God knows.